0: Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Your Voice First podcast. If you'd like to learn more, find us on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and every other social platform at Voice First AI. So, Chuck, why don't you talk to me about your role with voice technology? We've been working together for over a year now in the same office space. How did you first get introduced with voice technology
1: well so voice you know i was just paying attention to what uh amazon was doing um and their voice things i was i've always been i've always been um interested in um productivity and being uh so the idea that you know i could uh automate things with my voice was attractive to me. And um so yeah, so I was paying attention to um I was paying attention to it to do that. I've also When did you get your first device? My first device?
0: Yeah your Um,
1: your first device,
0: whether it was Google or Alexa.
1: It was when um it was when the, the dots came out. Um, so I don't know. I don't remember when that was, um, but I know, I know. I remember the bigger speakers coming out and thinking that's probably not for me just yet. It was more than I wanted to spend.
0: Yeah, probably but, 2015, 2016 time range. Hey, Google, when did the Echo Dot release? June twenty third, twenty fifteen, released in the U.S.
1: Uh, so it would it would have been December that year, Christmas. Um, yeah, I would have I would have taken advantage of the um, of the discounts. Um, maybe yeah,
0: maybe even. Uh, I feel like that's when a major majority purchase them is in that they discount the technology. You've been excited about it and hyped for it, and I mean Black Friday, go ahead and buy it. Everybody buys them. You throw them into your shopping cart. They're super cheap. Why not put two or three of them in your house? So, how many of them do you have now since uh, 2015?
1: I want to say I've got a half dozen dots, uh, two shows, uh, and two uh, two Google. What's it two Google Nest Homes? Is that the ones with the screens? Google Nest Hub. Hub, yes. Uh, I've got two of those, and then I've got one, uh, one Google Mini that I got with a children's book. So,
0: yeah. I think we talked about this. You have the most voice devices out of everybody that works out of our office space. Yeah. So, how did it grow from there? Because now, now you're working on your own internal projects that are voice related to do those automations. What else kind of uh, tell us more about your journey through voice. You, you heard about it. You saw the technology with Amazon. What was, what was the next step? Was the next, yeah. What was the next step?
1: Well, you know, and I want to tie back into our previous discussion a little bit um, about finding your voice. Um, One of the things I realized about myself, I I took a strength finder test and uh, I discovered something that, you know, you sort of innately knew and that's, Um, that's that I'm a ideation is is one of my strengths. So I, I really enjoy coming up with ideas for things, right? I like researching, studying, learning about things. And then, and then the favorite thing I like to do is come up with ideas for stuff. It's, it's a lifeblood to me. So, um, so I just, I, I heard about, I actually read about somebody that made a decent amount of money developing skills and I was like I want to figure out how to do something like that because I was I'd also been interested in I'd also been interested in passive income Um, so that sort of interests me I'm also very interested in um, I'm also interested in stories so uh, I've been uh, I've been telling I've been I came up with a, a bedtime story for my kids that that was this whole world. And I had wanted to find some sort of um, method to share that story with the rest of the world. And I'd met you around the same time. Uh, and that it just seemed like an interesting, so I, long story short, I'm, I'm, I'm working on creating a, um, a voice. Um, it's sort of, uh, choose-your-own-adventure voice story based on that um, so yeah it just sort of combines a lot of interest mm. for me the big three I wrote down you're a man of ideation
0: you have a passion towards building passive income and you also tell a lot of stories And the results of that intersection was your start to voice technology right yeah Interesting. What'd you think of Project Voice? Last yeah, then, uh, last spring, we were at Project Voice. I guess right before COVID-19 kind of struck, we were able to get down to Chattanooga, Tennessee. what did you think of that? Was that your first voice conference?
1: Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I thought it was really, it was really interesting. It exposed me to a lot of different people that were, were using the space. A lot of uh, you know, I've, it felt like a lot of there's a decent number of people kind of just like me that wanted to uh, share share their expertise with the world. And they wanted to be in um, they wanted to be in spaces where not everybody was right. Um, it's uh, there's a book that came out a, a long time ago called Blue Ocean, uh, which talked about, you know, there's the Mediterranean, which is major shipping and and whatever it's hard to shine in the Mediterranean because there's so many shipping companies, but if you were to go and open a shipping company in the black sea where there's, uh, what, what the book would call a blue ocean, um, it's, it's a lot easier to stand out because there's not a lot of companies there. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, voice is, you know, many years ago it was podcasting, right. You could, you could, and podcasting still is, uh, a good place to be, but, um, you know, a lot of people there were looking at um, doing um, flash briefings and stuff like that, and and there were people that had shined because of that. Um, yeah, it's 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 an emerging, it's an emerging market, and it's going to be increasingly relevant. Uh, you know, I, I was listening to uh, an episode uh, or a webinar, uh, and it talked about we're essentially taking a decade's worth of change uh and compressing it into a few weeks, right? People were gonna transition to online shopping and things like that. Um now there's no choice, right? Where and and for for some for some people this is a golden opportunity. Like there's a uh, there's a restaurant that has been driving around and delivering their meals, trying to find new clients uh there's a a grocery store like a small little uh grocery store um in Delaware that we've been getting half of our groceries from because they pivoted and went on to uh online delivery so I think. You know i think there's a lot of struggle ahead but um you know i was even thinking you know how danny uh uh, who runs the wave uh has been talking about doing a vegan um restaurant i think he could go to uh the 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 place where where the co-working place we work out of has a giant kitchen i think he could go and start his um vegan restaurant in in the kitchen there and deliver it and have almost no overhead. I think I think creative people who do stuff like that will thrive in something like this. This this could launch this will end companies, but this could launch companies. It's really I totally
0: agree with you. I think COVID nineteen has been accelerating a lot of trends that we already saw. And like you said, taking ten years of change and compressing it down to a couple weeks. Some of those trends you mentioned, online ordering, grocery delivery, and the people that are adapting to these trends quickly are going to leverage the benefits significantly more than the people who adapt later in the same way that they see those benefits on Amazon Alexa. It's a growing attention hub where the more attention that's there, the more value that platform provides. So who, who he who moves early maximizes his investment by being an early investor. And I, I'm sorry I'm using he, I should be using like they because this is not just sales, but what are the other trends? I was trying to pick at this a little bit earlier. You were mentioning things like a decrease in physical brick and mortar retail buildings, people having to shut down, decreases in office spaces as a result of increased remote work. Are, do you think that those kind of trends will be long-term stretching beyond this? Or do you think that at the end of this, we're going to see a whip back to the way that we were before businesses will re-inhabit those office spaces. Restaurants will go back up to opening their, uh, in-house dining. What what kind of trends do you think are going to live beyond 2020?
1: Again, it it all depends on duration, and um, you know, I, let's say based off of your current
0: projections, you, you what do you expect mid May?
1: Uh, I think I think I think we start trying to move back to things mid May. I think um, a lot more people try and move back uh, the middle of May. It all—I mean, it depends what the virus does, right? I mean, if it—if people try mid-May and then it spikes, uh, then it extends further. But so let's let's assume a sh- there's like basically two scenarios, right? It, it it's short or it's long, right? Cool. So if it's if it's short, um, yeah, the the impact's going to be less, obviously. Uh, but I do think I do think um, office is going to be interrupted because. It's not about uh, somebody tweeted, you know, because cause Trump says we're going to reopen the economy, and uh, the the person that was talking about this, it, like, you know, what the president can't open a, the reopen the economy, the governors can't reopen it, local com local uh, governments can't, the people ultimately are going to open reopen the economy because, you know, I for one. I'm. I mean, it's easy for me to work from home, so I'm. I'm not going to venture out other than to see properties. Um, so, I think people that that people that can be cautious are going to be cautious. Um, and I think. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I think I, I I think that people people are going to stay in if they can, and um, I think that um, so uh, so that's that's short term. I mean, it's, if if people if people it, it doesn't impact that much the um, what am I trying to say? Uh, if 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 people if people, if it's short term, I, I do think as people are trying to step back out that they will, um, like uh, social distancing will still be part of the, in, in a short term scenario, right? So less people will probably go back into the office. Um, the office setup will probably temporarily change to enable people to be somewhat remote. I think people start wearing masks. To the office um, so uh, you know even even if it's short term there will be some changes but it won't be as systematic if it's long term just about every retailer figures out how to be online right um, you see you see the supply chain um, and that 's the thing that a lot of people don't think about um, there were There were farmers dumping entire crops on the field a few weeks ago, like just a week ago. Um, That's because it's, it was like onion farmers. For example, I saw this onion farmer and he was dumping it because more people use onions in restaurants than in their home cooking. Right. Um, People will go out less or the restaurants will figure out how to, do delivery more. And, and those onions will find their way to, to someone, right. They won't have to dump them in the future. So this whole infrastructure that we have got stuff directing onions to restaurants, directs them to, to grocery stores. Mm -hmm. Right. But there's this whole infrastructure behind the scenes. So warehouse becomes a different, more important, uh, user. It was trending that way. Um, Like a river,
0: what you're describing to me sounds like a river and over time exactly exactly shapes different streams start to form and it's like oh well what used to be the major feeding source of this river is now just a tiny trickle and what was just this tiny trickle is now a big stream and wow look at all these other little streams that are now flowing the resources flowing across the country and you're talking right now about one stream of onions that the old path the old major head that was fueling that river was restaurants restaurants have decreased their ordering for whatever reason that that's surprising to me because i feel like restaurants have been receiving so much demand because all of these millennials are sitting inside of their houses not wanting to cook and not being able to go out so they're they're leveraging this uber eat and instacart infrastructure but i also hear you it's happening yeah so then like how will well, shift? how will the streams expand
1: yeah and and uh, you know restaurants are so there's different there's different impact and it's the thing same thing there's different impact on different you know restaurants uh fast food restaurants uh 80 of their income was through drive-through anyhow uh they're they've taken a hit because people aren't driving by the restaurant on the way home from work anymore people have to actually go out to get to there um or get them you know delivered um but a place like Ruth's Chris where it's 5% Five percent takeout, right? I mean, it's restaurants like that that are are going to be put out or have to figure out how to do, you know, Ruth Chris at home, mm-hmm. which is tough because you're going to Ruth Chris for the experience. Um, but I I don't know the people that the people that innovate they're going to be uh, part. You know, you got to for for any crisis like this, you got to look for something to stay positive about. And I think, you know, it, I look forward to see what creative people come up with to save their business and make it through this crisis. And what they, some of what some of people come up with are going to be world changing, hopefully for the better. Um, But, you know, remains to be seen. Um, We find new ways to talk to each other and you know i i've been doing Zoom calls a week i actually like um i like not um i like not being stuck in front of my i like this the, the this is audio only because i i'm now looking out on the yard watching my kids play i'm i'm able to move and rock around that's nice so um it's just um you know stuff that you're doing. I you know, I, part part of me is like I'm 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 curious to see what ways voice innovates um because it's it's another way that people have to talk. And 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 ultimately voice is how how we've communicated as long as we've uh been been in existence. Um conversation is is you know lifeblood to people. So Um, and being able to not be stuck behind a desk. I I would love to see ways in which um, we can do business uh, that, that, you know, at times doesn't involve a screen that's freeing somehow. Chuck, I am grateful that
0: you're sharing your experimentation with us. I'm grateful to work with you. My last question for you, how can people continue to follow how can people follow your podcast? Um, how can they continue to get in contact with you?
1: Yeah, so um, I'm, I'm mostly, in terms of social media, I'm mostly built for business. Um, so LinkedIn is the best way to, to reach out to me. Um, you can search on LinkedIn for Chuck Sherbeck, uh, uh, MAI uh, Columbus, Ohio, and you'll find me. Um, you can follow me on Instagram. I'm at Sherbeck and that's S C H I E R B E C K is how you spell my last name. Sherbeck two on Instagram. Uh, but pay attention to the podcast. Um, you know, it's the street level view. Um, how did you, how did you find it on Spotify? Did you find it on Spotify? I was trying to find your your logo.
0: So I searched on Google street level view podcast. And then the first link that came up in Google was your Spotify. And then when I went over to images, I was able to steal your logo.
1: Okay, very good. So I'm on I'm on Spotify. Search for the Street Level View. Um, if you go to Anchor uh, FM forward slash the Street Level View, uh, you'll get me as well. Um, I'm I'm what I'm currently checking out or what I'm currently exploring is how different industries um, are dealing with. Uh, COVID-19, and and what ways are people, are uh, companies setting up to help people? So I've interviewed um, Sam Badu with uh, Restart Works, who helps people find jobs in an innovative way. Uh, I've talked to one of our office brokers, um, and I I've talked to um, somebody who tells stories. You know, which is I think fundamental. I mean, that's part of what uh, voice is, right? it's about storytelling. It's what interests me. So, um, yeah, so those are some of the things you'll get. It's going to be mostly, it's going to be heavily real estate oriented. Um, and I, and I hope to share as much of my knowledge that I can. So that's, that's how you find me and appreciate you you helping people find me.
0: You're out here experimenting. People need to be able to find your experiments and see it last question before I'll let you send us off. What is the do you have any final intentions, any final words to give out to our audience? A lot of our listeners are going to be listening in the morning, and this will go out tonight. So, actually, some people may be listening at at night, but any final intentions to send out in the world?
1: Yeah, you know, I would say that, um, I would say not, uh, there's a lot to be afraid about. Don't be afraid, um, be thoughtful. Uh, learn as much as you can during this time. Uh, you you can come through this stronger. Um, and I would say, um, yeah, uh, I, I'm I'm sending out well wishes to everyone. Uh, and I and I hope um, that you're you're able to connect and uh, reunite with as many people that are important to you as possible. Thank you, Chuck. Thank you, Chuck.
0: Welcome back to your voice first podcast. Today, our guest is Chuck Sherbeck, the founder of Street Level View podcast. And he's also one of the top manufactured housing inspectors, at least in the U.S., seeing over 150 properties a year. That's over 100,000 doors. Chuck, welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. Let's cut right to the chase. It's COVID-19 you inspect some massive communities across the U S your boots on the ground. And you're also one of the biggest organizations call yours. You've got your head in the clouds and your boots on the ground. What is going on in terms of real estate with COVID-19 people are on rent strikes. Airbnb is sending out host relief funds. In your perspective, how has COVID impacted the real estate
1: industry? Well, I mean, it's, it's had a, it's had a variety of impact and it, it really depends on the sector. Uh, right. So, um, everything's obviously it's, 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 it's not like anything's untouched. Um, the, um, so I, I, I almost don't know real, where to begin, uh, but I'll start with what I'm most used to, uh, and that's manufactured housing. So manufactured housing is, um, is better than anything is, is built to withstand, Um, something like this. You've got uh, residents, certain segment of which are on uh, receiving government checks. Those aren't going to stop. You've got um, a certain, you know, there's, there's age restricted and they're on retirement funds. Those aren't going to stop the rest of the people. And then the most important kind of factor is the fact that the people in these communities, own their own homes, right? So it's not just, you know, I'll not pay my rent and I'll get invict- evicted. No big deal. It's, uh, you know, I've spent, you know, twenty thousand on a home over the past ten years, and I lose that if I if I don't pay my rent and I get evicted. So, from that perspective, it's it's better better to weather the stuff. Um, the other the other impact or so let me do a little bit of a real estate appraisal one one um, most of what I look at um, we we value things based on the income approach, uh, and basically that 's just you take the income a property produces, you take off any vacancy that 's relevant um, and you um, then you take the expenses off, and you get to what's called an NOI, net operating income. Then you take what's called a cap rate, and what a cap rate is, it's the percent the income is of the overall value. So, for simplicity's sake, let's say your are making um, a property making you a thousand dollars a year. It's a really crappy property, but uh, that property would be worth uh, with a ten cap would be worth um, ten thousand dollars so you know a thousand is ten percent of uh ten thousand okay. so really basic now uh the actual cap rate so so what what that means is that the lower the cap rate the higher the value um so um cap rates have been declining significantly over the past decade you know ever since we we recovered from the last recession um we've been going well for a long time and more and more people are in, especially in manufactured housing, more and more people are interested in getting in it. Uh, So you've got, you've got, you've got manufactured housing cap rates are going very low values, going very high. Uh, That's right before this whole COVID-19 thing. Well, so the question we have now is what is the, What's going to happen to cap rates? Are they going to go up? Is value going to go down? A lot of people seem to think that is the case. So the problem we have as, as appraisers is we don't have any evidence for that. So no, no new transactions are really happening. So we can't say, okay, look at these sales; they've got this sort of indication. Uh, what we're what we're primarily focusing on now. Because we we also don't know the duration of this. I mean, that's the and the biggest question of all the, the whole COVID nineteen thing is, what's the duration of what's it going to be? You know, if if we're if we're down if we're back up and running by, you know, mid to late May, which doesn't seem likely to me, but um, you know, then then we're just sort of capitalizing a short term rent fall, right? So if if you know if Target. Well, Target's probably going to pay if, um, you know, if your gym uh, tenant in your retail center isn't going to pay, you know, are they not going to pay for one month or are they going to go out of business? Right. So that's uh, right now we're just we're we're just kind of looking um, at a a rent fall, like a a, like a, a deduction at the end of the below the you know you run your calculation for what the value is based on cap rates and then you take some amount off for the fact that tenants aren't going to play but honestly we're also looking at you know we do something called a discounted cash flow which is where we don't look at just one year's worth of income we look at 10 years worth of income Uh, and that's really relevant now because uh, what some retail properties are doing uh, you know say the gym, the gym uh, is not going to pay rent for the next two months, what owners of those properties are, are talking to their tenants and saying, you know, okay, here's what we're going to do. You're not going to have to pay the next two months, but we're going to throw those two months on the back end of the transaction. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pushing so the problem it, towards the end of the year. Right. Yeah. We're just, they're just, you know, it, it's almost, it's almost like a loan. Right, they're they're taking they're mm-hmm. taking the money from now and they're putting it out. Yeah, years down the road or months down the road. So it's just sort of there's there's math to that that we have to to calculate to to show what the real impact is. But, so one of the trends you think,
0: if I heard you right, you think something might emerge where we see a decrease in value and an increase
1: in cap rate. Is that did I hear that right? Yeah, that's the, that's and that's the that's the relationship. So, um, you know, the um, I'm very bad at math in my head, but uh, yeah, a, a property a property with a lower cap rate. Um, it, it, essentially, it means you need less income to get a high value. Um, so, yeah, cap rates potentially are going to go up, but again, it's property property type by property type. So uh, say you have uh, an office building, right? And uh, this lasts really long. People get used to working from home and you have less people wanting office space in the market. So your office, office then becomes, um, you know, and the same thing could be with retail people get used to shopping online and and that goes down faster than anybody projected it before this thing. Uh, so those, you know, office and retail potentially could go, cap rates could go up on those, but those investors still want to put their money somewhere. So um, they may be flocked to residential. Uh, so you're, um, a lot of things affect the cap rate. So, uh, but um, the amount of money that's coming into a market will, you know, it's a supply, basic supply and demand. If a lot of people want to buy uh, apartment complexes, they go up in value. I mean, there's only so many apartment complexes and then people start tearing down buildings and building new apartment complexes. So you could see some transition. You know, you, you already started seeing, Uh, Like in the downtown area, a lot more mixed use. You were seeing office, old office. I've seen old office buildings being converted into residential. Um, I inspected last year, I inspected um, an old bank that had become an apartment complex. And the vault of the bank was their fitness center. Um, So... Yeah, no, I mean that 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 sort of thing has been happening. You you you're potentially seeing that accelerate, but again, it's um, you know supply and demand is one thing. Uh, the other thing to kind of pay atten- a couple of things to pay attention to. Uh, one is unemployment, um, and that so uh, cap rates have gone up and 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 values down as unemployment has gone up. Uh, another is the uh spread between corporate bonds and um, and uh u s treasuries so uh the, if the spread goes further apart that that is an indication that cap rates may go up and values may go down A uh, couple months ago, the spread between those two was um two hundred and sixty basis points. Uh, basis point is a, a percentage point, point. Um, and now it's it's just under four hundred. So there, are, you know, and obviously unemployment's going crazy. But I mean, is that a temp? Again, it, it all gets back to is it temporary or permanent? That's the, that's the question that we're asking. Uh, how long is this going to last? And it's uh, it's anybody's guess. You know, I'm. My sister-in-law works for OSU Medical Center, and I keep asking her uh, every time I see her. So, what are they saying? <laughs> what are, what what's the projections? Because uh, that's and and I don't know. Have you, have you paid much attention to that sort of stuff? Yeah, projections. Of, of the
0: duration of this. I'm very curious about those projections. I was just thinking in my head of how, although, I, I, yesterday our guest was Mo. And Mo was talking about, he was like, oh, yeah, as soon as COVID came around, everybody was an expert on it. Um, and everybody seemed to have all this expertise around COVID. And I've seen articles today that were talking about everybody who's predicting how COVID's going to c- come out is wrong. And, and they said, just look back to the depression. Everyone made all these predictions and everyone was wrong. And I agree, people are wrong. But there, there's also this statement to be made of the healthiness of just just predicting to have some sort of um reality because reality has to get manifested some way and some person is out there speaking reality that is going to grow into an ever-growing part of the population and the more mindful we are that the predictions we have are creating our future are very 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 likely yeah like when trump says let's legalize michigan or let's liberate michigan that's like, wow, you were creating a story that a lot of people are going to follow. Um, so I, I believe very heavily in projections, and I think there's something to be like... Do, do you think anybody anticipated actually relieving this in the, the no. start of April? No, I,
1: re- I remember hanging out at The Wave, and I remember... Uh, you know, I think... Uh, uh, Kahan and uh, Khalil were were talking about it. They were probably taking it a little more seriously than some of us um, I remember yeah I remember uh, I came in with a uh, I grabbed one of the dust masks from my basement and I put it on when I came in just as a joke but I mean that's it's not a joke anymore <laughs> right nobody's everybody's got the, the masks on for some for some things and it's uh it's the highest selling like one of the highest th- selling things on Etsy um, so yeah, I think, uh, like I, so I don't, I don't, nobody knew this back then. Um, I, I, I alternate from pessimistic to optimistic, uh, every hour, I think, I don't know. It's, uh, I, I honestly think, uh, everybody is so hungry, at least at least everybody from in, in real estate that I've talked to, i we're really hungry for stuff to go back to normal. Right. Every, everybody's, everybody's ready. First, I think a lot of people are ready not to be at home anymore. Uh, they're ready to go out and have face-to-face physical contact with friends, family, uh, coworkers. Um, I think, I think people are, have, you know, try to get a little bit of that. There's an, uh, a bunch of zoom meetings going on. We, we do one once a week to stay in contact, but I think people are getting fatigued by zoom. Um, so yeah, I I think there's a lot of hunger. So I, anytime there's a lot of hunger on something like that, there's a propensity to do something too early. So, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we went back a, a lot of people went back to try to get back to the new normal. Um, it's you know it's kind of uh i remember when i was at ohio state the first so like in uh the first day that it was even remotely uh uh spring like you would see someone out there in shorts like even though that person would have been wearing jeans in uh In the fall on the same temperature day in spring they're going to be out there in you know cut off jeans uh that that sort of premature jumping i think will happen i don't know how you um i don't i don't know how you you keep like if we go back i think you could see some flare-ups and then people retreat and so you could i think there's probably going to be somewhat of a dance between, um, between staying in and going out, and we keep testing that probably until we have a um, uh, what's the thing uh, i can't remember the of uh, a vaccine until we have a vaccine and, and can get it more regularized when it goes from a from pandemic to endemic um,
0: I'd like to shift the conversation towards finding your voice back onto the work that you do. So you run through a lot of, you run your own podcast. Now you run a team out of colliers and you're constantly coming up with new ideas for inventions and experiments that you're running from soundproof booths to like the technology that you're building right now with voice first and other stuff far and few between. Finding your voice is a motto that we try to have a voice first of how we try to help people realize right. the people that we can become. So I'm curious about how you help people on a regular basis find their
1: voice. How does Chuck Sherbeck help well, people find their voice? For me to find your voice, um, you've got to understand who you are. And once you understand who you are, you have to be, you have to kind of come to terms and be comfortable and 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 I and I ultimately think that once you're comfortable being who you are um uh you can fit into the role that you're you're meant to play uh as well now I, I you know I I think you should always like seek to expand your boundaries but you know I uh you know I was talking to a friend you know the uh, the Michael Michael Jordan uh documentaries out now, right? And a friend of mine uh, had a tweet where he was like, you know, the world needs more Scottie Pippins, right? Um, and, uh, you know, every, everybody wants to try and be Jordan, right, wants to be the GOAT. But I'm, I'm okay, I'm okay being a Scottie Pippin. I mean, Scottie Pippin was elite, right? I mean he was um he was one of the best of his generation uh but he he played a certain role in the team and and he thrived at it and to be able to me to be able to um, to be able to understand who you are to thrive in your role is is a good part of finding your voice now i my i'm typically an introvert uh like Tell me more about Scottie Pippen. Who's, who's Scottie Pippen? You don't Pippen? know who Scottie Pippen is? Okay. So,
0: no idea. Okay. I'm a
1: techie. <laughs> my, I'm sorry. My I, third okay. Third is low. Give us all a Okay. I'm, so, um, I'm not a sports guy myself, uh, but I I lived in that time period. So it, it's, it was part of the cultural currency of that time. Um, I, I Yeah, I'm not a sports fan at all myself. I'm an Ohio State fan. Uh, so I know a lot about Ohio state stuff, but the bulls were so big that it was hard to miss them. So Jordan, you know, great, one of the greatest of all time, um, whether you're a, a Jordan or a LeBron Stan, I, you know, it, it'll, it'll vary in your opinion on who's the goat. Um, but so he, he did all right. Uh, when he got drafted, the bulls were pretty strong. They made it to the finals. Um and um, – but then he started getting a team around him, right? And this was um, – you know, I, I just watched – I know most of my – it's funny I know most of the sports of my time through documentaries. I just watched a documentary not too long ago on the Pistons. And the Pistons had a nice run, uh, and then they broke up right about the time that the Bulls started getting – Get, getting going uh, and the Bulls team that they put together, some of the main players were Michael Jordan, obviously um, Scotty Pippen uh, and Dennis Rodman were some of the players that kind of gelled in that. And they had, they won six titles in eight years and two of those are, and uh, there were two sets of three. So they had some three-peats. Um, and, uh, Jordan was the main scorer, but Scottie Pippen was, I I don't know where he was in terms of, uh, scoring, but he was, he was like the number two on the team on everything, but he, but he set everything, he set everything up, you know, he was, he was part of the reason why Jordan is considered so great is because he, he's part of the team that made him elite. Um, and that's what, that's what you got to have around you, right? Uh-huh. You've got to if you're if you're, you know, not everybody needs to run their own company, right? Some people just aren't aren't built that way. And if if you're going to want to run your own company, uh, and be, um, you know, which is it's something you're built for, right? Um, you came right out of not not right out of right in college, right? Starting Voice First, um, but you've got people on your team uh like Samir uh that don't want to be out front but are, are are key players to your success. And you know I've got the same thing, right? I'm I'm not right out in front myself. Uh you know there's I've got a, a boss who's a much better citizen than I am. Um I'm good at and the kids finally found me. Um uh, so um Hold on. Hold on. Uh, Hey, can we pause this recording?
0: Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Your Voice First Podcast. If you'd like to learn more, find us on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and every other social platform, at Voice First AI.